0: All eyes and no sight. Poisonous bunchback toad. The soul of this man is his clothes. Beetle-headed, flap eared knave. Anointed sovereign of size and groan Recently unearthed from the depths, you are listening to strutting and fretting uh, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Today, I am speaking with actors and that's um, gender nonspecific, I try to use that, the gender nonspecific actor term, Um, (laughs) uh, Devin Winton and Casey Radle about their roles in the play God Carnage. Uh, Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having oh, us, Tim. No. Hi.
0: No, thanks. for. Uh, <laughs> the, this is our first time via Zoom and not in studio. So I apologize for the growing pains we're going to go through this morning. Um, this has been, like I said, uh, during our, our little pre-interview chat, um, like I said, this has been like a long time coming for me. I haven't done uh, an episode of these since September 2019. So um, I'm getting back in the groove <laughs> myself. Um, I didn't
1: realize that I'd been uh, that long.
0: It, it's been a long time. It's like the last time I was in a show it was for Mamma Mia. So, oh, um, and well, I'm,
1: I'm glad you're starting back up because I, I love this podcast. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. And I'm, I'm really enjoying yours as well. Oh, and, and the funny thing, uh, about this, um, that I'm going to comment on. at the the moment, right now, um, is that uh, you keep posting things about the pod on social media that says, I'm sorry we don't have a new episode this week. And I look at that and I'm going, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did it month to month and I wasn't consistent ever um and then i took a three-year break so you know
1: hey you had a pandemic that's a pretty good excuse i I
0: guess so but um anyway (laughs) uh getting back into this um for those listeners that might not know about god of carnage uh can you both give me um a little background on this play
1: yeah so It's written by a French playwright, and we're doing a uh, translated version of it, and (laughs) it's been um, confusing sometimes. We've definitely noticed in rehearsal that some of the translations, we're not sure if it's purposeful or not, because there is a landmine of subtext in this Mm -hmm. show, Um, So it's essentially two married couples. Their children got into a fight at a local park and they are meeting to hash things out and they slowly sort of descend into childness ways themselves. It's a really mild way of putting it.
0: (laughs) So the carnage is essentially the, um, the, the conversation they have during this evening? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: There's some real carnage in there, too. Casey gets to do some really fun stuff with a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and a pillow. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So, what, what are each of your roles in the show? Casey, go ahead.
2: So, I play Annette Raleigh. Um, I am a um, a mom of an 11-year-old little boy. Um, we live in Brooklyn, New York, and I work in wealth management. And my husband is a high-powered attorney. So they're a bit of a power couple, if you will. Um, very uh, focused on, on kind of the superficial things in life, I'm guessing. Um, and my boy is the attacker. Um,
1: Executioner. The,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Dev's character. So, so <laughs> lovely in such a lovely way, uh, characterizes my son. Yeah. So I play Annette.
0: Um, okay. And um, Dev, obviously you're the, um, you know, the mom yeah. of the uh, 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 victim. I
1: guess. Yes, yes. yeah. Victims and the Executioners. I uh, play Veronica Novak. So we're um, a little more, I wouldn't say we're middle class. Um, (laughs) We're upper middle class, but we're not quite on the level that the Raleighs are on. Um, But I am a writer and uh, very interested in Africa. But is she? Is she? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
1: So the way we're kind of playing Veronica is, uh, you know, she's that person that's like, I'm not racist. I had a black friend in college. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, So there's there's a lot of those undertones in the show. I sort of imagine her as like an art teacher, but with too much money. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's the mix of... I'll say a Karen, uh, for lack of a better word. But there's a very specific visual I have of a boss that I used to have that's not very nice. Um, <laughs> so she's a mixture of Karen and uh, Dolores Umbridge.
0: Oh wow! One of my she's favorites. so much fun. One of my favorite cinematic villains of all time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, have there been any challenges for for either of you in realizing these
2: characters?
1: yeah Uh, Casey I saw your face though do you (laughs) want to go first
2: oh goodness um these these characters are not very likable um they engage in in some pretty despicable behavior throughout the show um and so but but they just like any human um I've 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 find it compelling because i think it's authentic i think you know no one is all good or all bad and, and we're all flawed and yeah. and i think we get really passionate about the things that mean the most to us and so um i think for our two characters we're we're fighting in in some ways we're fighting for to defend our children which is something that brings out the the mama bears in both of us right Um, but then it just leads to realizing other issues, um, in our marriages, the relationships with our husbands and, um, and just our views on the world regarding various like societal issues. And, um, so it's, it's very layered and fairly complex, uh, even though it's a relatively, it's a shorter show, um, but there's a lot packed into it, a lot. And so it has been challenging. We had the the honor. I felt it was an honor and a gift being able to do a lot of initial book work, just sitting and analyzing the text um, oh, yeah. instead of immediately jumping into blocking or or just diving in right away, so we we were able to invest a decent amount of time on the front end, just making sure that we a were all kind of interpreting the text similarly, so that we were all on the same page but it really allowed us to as dev noted there's a lot of subtext a lot of subtext in this show and it helped us make those connections and understand what was really kind of coming through for for each of us um in the show
1: yeah it's a yeah it's a really dense piece of work yes um and there's only four characters in the show and it's like 42 pages total. And yeah, we did a lot of, of table work, uh, nearly a month of book work. Wow. And we've only had like a month and a half rehearsal process. We've gone up really quickly. Um, and it's, it's all this stuff that you would do yourself as an actor, you know, sitting down for table work, but getting, exactly what Casey said, actually the privilege of sitting down and being able to do that with your three other castmates to make sure you are all on the same page or you're not on the same page where you're not supposed to be. Um, And we had some some really interesting and I think important Mm -hmm. discussions at the table. And you know, outside of my character, just as a human, there are things that I've gotten to learn through this process. It's been really wonderful. And, um, I think there's something really special to be said about this group of actors too. They're all, I just like, I come home every day and I'm like, I cannot believe how great these people are. I'm having so much fun getting to play with them. So it's, yeah, it's been a pretty exceptional process.
0: That's, that's excellent. I think, um, not to make it about me, but I think I've had like one play <laughs> that I've been in where I had three days total of sitting at the table and doing mm-hmm. that kind of work. And, um, I thought that was a godsend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I've uh, only it absolutely ever... blows my mind that you've had a month almost. And I've,
1: I've only ever spent this much time on bookwork, like with a director and a cast when i was doing shakespeare so mm. it's it's really cool wow <laughs> it's like the dream yeah
0: that is amazing um and um uh, my next question might actually uh be kind of uh, silly and redundant hearing about this because my I, I usually ask people um, what their favorite moment from rehearsal are or if you do have a favorite mm. moment and it sounds like um, I mean I, I wasn't there but I imagine it's like the three weeks right so um, or is there is there something else Well,
1: my favorite moment right now is um, Casey's character does something especially awful to her husband and she has this great little victory dance afterwards and oh, we get wow. to do like a little high five and act like we're the little tiny boppers in middle school or something mm-hmm. and it is just I mean it's disgusting it's terrible but it's so joyous <laughs> and it's so much fun That's it's so much fun great. and we don't get to be on the same team a lot in the show yeah. so yeah. it's really fun to like on her side and that's been my favorite part so far
2: okay cool casey i
1: would i would agree
2: it's um so between the the two couples you know sometimes it's couple against couple sometimes it's men against women and then sometimes it's the different kind of permutation of the opposite husband and wife against the opposite husband and wife and there's something really fun and um, just just really cool when the few times that, that Dev and I get to, to be on the same side when it's, when it's us against the husbands, um, if you will. And, um, and I will say watching in particular Dev work, her process is such a gift to be able to bear witness to. Um, she tries so many different things and is such a generous actor and supportive that it has helped me tremendously. So I know that's a broader response to a specific question, but I, I I would be remiss not noting that just just watching watching Dev work has has been one of my favorite parts of the rehearsal process. It's it's been it's been very cool. We've we've had fun.
1: You got me all glassy eyed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's true it's true it's it's oh. been it's been a, a, a an incredibly rewarding experience for me um bearing witness to to her process and the fact that um she still demonstrates uh such support and encouragement for her fellow actors along the way
0: Well, that's been my experience with them too so i'm yeah. um, very. <laughs> very happy to have worked with Dev in the past um yeah. what was I gonna say um so I mean we kind of touched on the uh, despicable behavior um <laughs> and existential crisis which I assume is the uh the staple of all um you know dinner parties in France <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Um, yes but uh yes. what
0: what would you say is is the message without spoiling it what would you say is the message of the show
1: Ooh.
0: or like what what does it say to you if it's if, if not an overarching message
1: yeah uh that the capacity for great evil and great good lives in each of us it's whether or not we decide to show it and then on like a stepladder from that um that there are times when using either one of those ends of the spectrum can be necessary Mm -hmm.
2: okay
0: in case he sounds like you're in agreement
2: absolutely i i think she articulated that that perfectly yeah (laughs) sweet Okay. Yes.
0: Well, sounds like we've covered God of <laughs> Carnage, uh, which okay. means <laughs> it's time for the Fretworthy Five. Worthy Five. Dev, your face absolutely lit up when I said that, so I'm I'm super happy <laughs> to have seen that. Uh, Casey, uh, since you don't know what we're about to do. Um, Uh, Basically, there's a section of this podcast where I ask uh, our guests five totally random questions that have pretty much nothing to do with the arts. Um, They're just about you. And uh, the the nice thing about uh, the Fretworthy Five is I've got more than five questions here. So if you want to skip one. You can. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody's ever actually skipped one, but um so it's it's pretty uh, your, you,
1: your first two episodes. Oh wow, um, the same question got skipped back to back.
0: Oh is that right? Okay. And I wow uh uh-huh,
1: and I can't remember what the question was now, but um <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been listening. Okay, good to know. I have.
1: Uh, okay. Um, I told you I love this podcast. It's awesome.
0: Well, if you come up with more questions because I do tend to repeat them occasionally,
1: <laughs> okay, um,
0: that would be good because I like um, I, I, I did listen to a couple of these because it's been so long um since I've done them, and I realized just this week that I've told I've asked the same question. Uh, The answer of which ended up with me telling the same spooky ghost story twice. So I'm like, (laughs) I need to vary these questions better. And I also (laughs) need to stop talking about myself because that's, you know, something that shouldn't be part of this podcast. podcast. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, I want to know more about you. So anyway. okay, here we go. Fretworthy Five. What was the last book that you read? Not counting the play that you're doing.
1: (laughs) Um, The last book I read, I have a bad habit of like, I pick up a book and I'll like read a couple chapters and then set it down and do some knitting and then I forget about it. So the last book I actually sat down and read, I read at the very beginning of the pandemic. It's called Station Eleven. It's so good. Maybe one of the best books I've ever read. I was obsessed with it after I read it. But um, anybody I talked to about it, they were like, I don't want to read that right now. Because the entire premise of it is uh, the aftermath of a global pandemic. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's very, very severe. It's like the infection. Once, you, once you're once you infected, you get it within like 12 hours and you're dead within 24 or 48 and so like 50 percent of the population just dies within a week yeah um and it's the aftermath of that but they just made a tv show that i i know it sounds like
0: a a netflix thing that i
1: really want to watch
2: it yeah i think it's on
1: showtime um okay but it's incredible everyone should read it i've bought copies for several people because i don't Anyone taking and losing my copy? I usually am really good about like, oh, take my copy and give it back when you're done. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. No. As mine. <laughs> that's very telling. That's a, that's a big endorsement
2: right there.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Casey.
2: Mine is not nearly as. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, mine. The title is um attached. And it's about attachment styles <laughs> um, for for you know humans and how they they um, play an important role in interpersonal relationships. So, um, it's a great it's a great book. It's a little bit more. I'm not sure I would go as far as self help, but it's definitely in in that realm. Okay. So is it like um, a
0: very clinical kind of medical journal-y kind of? Thing,
2: no, okay. no, 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 no. It is geared toward um, you know the the general public, general population, um, and can provide some really good insight about um, your own attachment style and what that means for your needs, and maybe provide some some helpful insight into. Why we feel the way we feel, why we behave the way we behave, um, and uh, perhaps why people in our lives behave the way they behave. And it's not necessarily even like a romantic partner, it can be, you know, friends, family, coworkers. So, it, if that's your thing, if, <laughs> if you like learning all that stuff, I do highly recommend it. It can be cool. Yeah,
1: it can uh, be helpful. You know what? Sounds really interesting. See, I- I read a book about five years ago that like changed my life. You may have read it, but um, I recommend it to anyone that likes psych books mm-hmm. that are written more for like the public. It's like called it's Facing, Facing Codependency by Pia Melody. Ooh. Have you P is that? great.
2: I know she's an she's an excellent author. Um, I have not read that particular text though, but um, it's very
1: good, and it comes with a workbook. If it's something you need to work on, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yes, ma'am. We love a workbook. Give me, give me some worksheets to help. No, that's great. That's good to know. Yeah, Pia Melody's great.
0: Okay, uh, question two: Dancing at weddings do you rip up the floor or do you skip it
2: tear that floor up that's all that's why else go to a um i mean i know the rest of it is important to others but i'm just there to dance um (laughs)
0: okay then follow-up question does that mean you're really good
2: oh no not necessarily i'm just really good at making a fool of myself um (laughs) And I am shameless. So yeah, I, yeah, big fan, big fan.
0: Do you have a favorite song that you dance to?
2: No, but I, may I use this opportunity to vent and complain? Yes, absolutely. I, because this is something about which I was passionate. So as a devoted member of the beehive, I cannot stand that the song single ladies by Beyonce has been co-opted for the stupid bouquet toss which is oh wow a horrible tradition on its own don't get me started on the bouquet toss however it's so stupid now that people love to use that, that song so it's only played for like 20 maybe 30 seconds at most and then they cut it off i'm like excuse me no we need the full song so we can all just dance to it so not only do i hate the bouquet toss but they've made it worse (laughs) i depriving the good people of this gem of a beyonce song i do not understand these choices and i i would like to file an official complaint i don't know who (laughs) Who's the like wedding reception uh, like <laughs> authorities? But yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's Horrible. like an, a, a a national association of disc jockeys or of wedding there disc jockeys, go. probably yes. that you could file this with. I imagine. Excellent.
2: I'm gonna look into that. That's okay. my new. That's my new project. I'm,
0: I'm if if this show can inspire one person, <laughs> uh, I have done my job properly. So thank, you,
2: <laughs> thank for, you for
0: bringing that into the world. Appreciate I appreciate
2: it. the platform yeah, to get the message out. You're welcome. Hey,
0: Patronus.
1: <laughs> oh, she can't hear you because I have earbuds. In. No,
0: that's fine. There you go. Oh, she's so cute. Sorry. Oh. Uh, we're doing this via Zoom for people who can't see that. And uh, Dev's dog, Patronus, is very, very cute. Dev, uh, same question. Uh, do you rip up the floor or do you skip it at weddings?
1: It depends. It -hmm. depends. If I'm at like a family wedding, I'm absolutely dancing. If I'm at a wedding of one of my sorority sisters, I'm absolutely dancing. Any other setting? Probably not. I'm a wallflower. I like to stand by the food.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I have that same issue, much to my (laughs) wife's chagrin yeah um what's the weirdest movie you've ever seen
2: there's so many your your
0: face it's like oh my god these are random questions
2: so. so i'm not good with superlatives my friends tease me because i i really struggle with like ranking things because i get overwhelmed by the choices and committing to like a this is the weirdest or creepiest or worst or best. I really struggle with that. But if we're going to go on gut instinct, like what immediately popped in my head, if that's what... So I don't want people to judge me because this is just what popped in my head. Okay. The movie um, Cube.
0: Oh. Okay. I, I know that for, one.
2: For me, that was one of the weirder movies I've <laughs> seen. I What some people- is that about? I can't, I can't explain it.
0: It's um I'm going to look <laughs> this up real quick so I get my facts straight. But um it's a Canadian movie from the late 90s. Um
2: Yeah, and mind you the last the one and only time I saw it was 20 years ago. So yeah. Um my, it, it it's a
0: 1997 film. Uh it's a sort of independent science fiction movie and I I forget how it ends, but um, there's like five people who all find themselves randomly in this cube. This, this basically this room that's the cube shaped and they they can't seem to get out and they have to, uh, I guess determine how to work together to get out of this thing. Um, that's what I remember. I'm not looking up the entire um, synopsis. Um, but yes, it is, it is, uh, it's a, it's an interesting Twilight Zone episode kind of thing. So I totally, I not don't my, my
2: jam, answer. not my jam, but for those who enjoy <laughs> that, I'm happy for them. That's just what popped in my head.
0: That's, that's fair. Uh, Dev, do you have um, a- So I was on my phone because I was
1: trying to remember the title. Um it, not weird I guess but really unsettling the fourth kind
2: oh yeah I'm not Um, familiar with that I'll have to look that up
1: it's very it's for me it's like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen because it's it's the kind of movie that like you part of the whole premise it's an alien movie And g- kind of the idea is they can't get you unless you're thinking about them. So then you leave it and you can't stop thinking about it. Like, I don't if I've seen probably four or five times because I really do love it. Mm-hmm. But then I don't sleep for several nights after.
2: <laughs> I think yeah, I'd Yubovich be screwed.
1: Oh, yes. nice. She is. Multi <laughs>
0: We're not the only people that do that randomly. It's like, mm, chicken. <laughs> chicken. and Dallas multi-pass.
2: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which,
0: speaking of which, uh, what is your number one comfort food?
2: Pass.
0: Okay. Uh, Casey, you okay with passing on that one too? Sure. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Do you have a favorite Olympic sport?
1: like to watch right not to, not do. to
0: participate in <laughs> i do not know about dev's secret life as an olympic
1: <laughs> the curler medalist. olympian yeah
2: that's,
0: that's interesting way to spin that i, I well, was thinking watch. <laughs> yeah
1: i'm an olympic athlete on the side um Good to know. <laughs> That's kind of a stupid question. (laughs) My my, on me, on me, not on you. Um, (laughs) For me, it's it's cycling because I I grew up cycling and watching the Tour de France um, with my with my and um, Lance Armstrong was my hero for many many years. Um, I hotter than hell hundred every year with my grandparents. Um, So there's something really homey mm-hmm. about cycling for me and then of course i think most every american's answer is also ice skating yes yeah. it's just so pretty yeah. <laughs> that's very cool
2: Deb. that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i'm basic i you know i'm i'm super basic so for winter it's the figure skating and for summer it's gymnastics i'm you know what can i say
0: that's cool. All right. No.
2: I also works. enjoyed the rhythmic gymnastics though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much. Those people fascinate me. Love it. Can't get enough.
0: That's okay. At least you have one. Um, the closest answer I would have is I enjoy the synchronized swimming sketch on Saturday Night Live from the <laughs> yes. that was my Olympic yes. sport.
1: With right. Harry Shearer?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant. And I want to say it's it's him and uh, um, God, why has his name escaped me? This is bad. He's on Only Murders in the Building. Um,
1: oh, uh, Steve Martin. Th-
0: no, the, Or is um, it Martin Short? Um,
1: Martin, Martin Short.
0: Shore. I want to say Martin Short is the other one he's synchronized with.
2: Right.
0: Harry Shearer. Um, mm which that's weird um that i would forget martin short because he's been in so many things i've watched recently (laughs) but um anyway (laughs) um this one's kind of a heavy one so if you want to skip it i totally understand but um if there was one thing you could change about yourself what would it be I'm guessing that's too heavy for Casey.
2: No, so. I just, I'm just i one of those not to be I, a lot of it, y'all don't know me. Well, I would probably change most things about. Oh, <laughs> so, so this is, a <laughs> yeah, we don't have enough time, <laughs> so.
0: Well, oh. if you could limit it to one.
1: I have a less deep answer. OK. If you want. Sure. Um, I wish that I was better at like, um, oh, uh, oh, dang it. What's it called when you got to like talk to people um, for like networking? I wish I was better at marketing and networking. I hate it. It is the bane of my existence. And it's like something you're supposed to be really good at. And I.
2: It can be wildly uncomfortable and just really
1: cringy. Yeah, it just feels, yeah. it feels phony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my character, she calls my character phony in the, in the show. Oh, okay. so.
0: <laughs> Casey, can you limit it to one?
2: <sighs> That's See, this is one. It's hard for me to, to rank things and just pick one. Oh, okay.
0: Um,
2: there it are so many a, things that I wish. Could I could be a could,
0: tiny. It could be a tiny thing tiny
1: too. It
0: doesn't. Thing. It doesn't have to be completely life changing.
1: I would give Casey more self confidence because she's really spectacular, and I feel like I wish that she could see herself through other people's eyes. It's very sweet.
2: I wish. I wish there are. Co- I mean, it can. I don't know. This is so silly. Like, I wish I had a better better memory. I I struggle with memory. Um I have terrible eyesight. Dude, like people who have good eyesight, they don't know how good they have it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be a game changer.
0: Well, okay. Um, yeah. That's cool. And you have (laughs) survived five questions. So good for both of you. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's that. And we are going to pause for a bit because I'm too cheap to spring for more than 40 minutes per Zoom meeting. Um, (laughs) After the break, we will talk to Casey and Dev about their actor experiences from childbirth to the present day. Um, You are listening to Strutting and Fretting, and we will be right back.
2: How did this happen? You have to believe me. Beast would never do anything to endanger Fable Town.
0: I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf.
1: We may have a problem.
0: Protecting Fable Town was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands. Things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad. But right now, Fable Town could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fable Town. For more information, go to fabletownseries.com. Welcome back to Strutting and Fretting. I am talking uh, via Zoom with actors Casey Bradle and Devin Witten from God of Carnage. Um, so uh, this is this is the part where, where typically I ask about um, an actor's origin story. Uh, so how why theater and, and how did you start? Uh, go ahead, Casey.
2: Oh, gosh. So I um, started dancing when I was four um, and never stopped. Um, so I, I've been kind of in the performing arts um, ever since I was little and did choir and um, starting in late elementary school and all the way through high school and was very, very involved in both um, ballet and choir i was like in a pre-professional ballet company and um took other forms of dance as well like tap jazz whatever but my my big thing was classical ballet and then i was very involved in choir and um and then um my was theater major ut and very involved in community theater when i was little and so i would accompany her to her rehearsals and her shows and from my little eyes she was just like this amazing superstar and i just always wanted to be her and um but i wasn't i didn't really do theater or drama in school um, i did the musicals but i didn't i didn't do theater um, and i didn't study it in college um i became a dance teacher after college um, for a little bit. And then, um, fast forward many, many, many years. (laughs) Um, I'm a lot older than Dev. Um, I got a call one day. Um, this was in 2017, um, from a director friend of mine here in the Houston area, they were, um, putting on a production of hairspray and their Velma had, um, unfortunately, um, quit the show about 10 days before opening. Oh, wow. and they needed and I had not I had not performed in any capacity in like 13 years and I hadn't no. done um, I hadn't done a I mean I, I the last time I had danced was like 13 years prior and the last time I'd been in a musical was 17 years um, but I said sure why not and so I had 10 rehearsals to learn the part and and um that's kind of my more recent origin story was then once I did that I decided yeah I think I want to continue um growing in in community theater and it gave me an excuse and and reason not to be a workaholic (laughs) so it's helped me achieve a little bit more work-life balance which I desperately desperately needed at the time and it's been um it's been incredibly rewarding and so for the past I mean minus pandemic um a pandemic hiatus it's been close to five years now that um I've been doing some community theater here in the Houston area okay cool
0: um Dev I'm gonna I guess, ask you to condense your experience a little bit because you um, so listen to my so pod. podcast. We, we have heard <laughs> your origin story. Um, for fans of dev, uh, they need to check out the podcast uh, pod, uh, podcast that she's doing um, with um, a friend of hers. Ara Alden. Yes, there you go. Yep. Um, and uh, there is like a whole episode about your, um, you and Ara's uh, origin stories um
1: but it's just... horrifically long
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that I would say it's like uh pretty interesting uh I love oh, to it well, that's, so yeah that's good to hear I I've I've you know I liked it um yeah but yeah just like quickly if you can kind real of quick oh yeah down.
1: um so I did not grow up in a performing family like Casey did that is so so cool I always kind of wish that I had I grew up in like a really sports oriented family. Mm. So I didn't get into theater until middle school when you have to like choose your elective. Yes. And from that first day of class, I was like, Oh yeah, this is, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And uh, from there on out, I just, I haven't really quit since. Um, I did it all through high school. I have a degree in theater with an emphasis in acting and a minor in psychology I acted professionally in. Um, I've acted professionally in New York, Colorado, and LA. Um, was in LA for about three years after graduation, and then after um, a lot of family tragedy, actually decided to to move back home to be closer to everyone. And for the past three years, I have been teaching theater, which I love doing. Um, but I wasn't working for the best people. So I very recently have left that job and now I'm trying to get back on the stage instead of behind it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always just had such a passion for performing, for the stories we get to tell and the way we get to impact people's lives. And I really thought like there's nothing else I'm ever going to want to do. And when I found teaching, I was like, I can't believe I like something more than I like acting. Yeah. Uh, because I really love acting. Um, so it's pretty incredible to to be able to have two parallel passions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is that is a brief history. <laughs> sure.
0: And you've already uh touched on this. Um, as a theater educator, you have a coaching business um for acting. I do. I
1: I do. I'm a private acting coach. You can go to devashwit.com to book with me. It's D-E-V-A-S-H-W-H-I-T.com. Um, and all my information is there as well as links to the podcast and tickets to buy our, uh, uh-huh. A link to buy tickets to God of Carnage, <laughs> all that good stuff.
0: Okay. What, what is your day to day experience? Like, I mean, you know, I, I can imagine an acting coach has, um, you know, some free time, uh, between, you know, students. Um, but what is, what, what can you expect? Um, like if I were to book you mm-hmm. next week, you know, what, what kind of things would, would I expect to, uh, what's your day-to-day experience as an acting coach?
1: Sure. With, a uh, any new student, what I would do is we're going to have a 15 minute session that's free where we just talk about what your history is, what are your goals, what do you want to get out of this? Um, for some people to have really specific answers, some people, especially kids, are like, I don't know, I just want to try it out. Um, so that's like my pre-interview, kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I'll spend um, however much time we have before our more lesson, our next lesson, Doing whatever kind of research I need to do for them, whether it's finding a monologue or helping them research what the um, qualifications are for college auditions, mm. um, getting them prepared for a UIL audition, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it it really varies student to student, but it's it's a lot more than the hour or half hour you have with me. I do a lot of work on the back end, making sure that. Myself and my students as prepared and successful as possible.
0: Do you have a, a favorite memory as a theater educator?
1: All of them.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> mean, without naming I've, names.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, some of my favorite memories. So. Over the past three years, I've taught ages two through 18. So I really got like the whole spectrum and the little ones are just, they're, they're so precious. And I've got to see this girl who started out with me in my three to four year old class. And she just, she did not want to come in. She's so, so scared and uh, crying. And her dad is having to like encourage her to go into class every week you know, starting out from that really, really shy spot, she's really quiet in class, couldn't really get her to talk to. um, She took on like a speaking role last, uh, in the last musical that they did there. And, um, you know, I got to coach her up from this shy little kid to someone that's like confident and excited to have this big line and sing this big solo. Um, There's nothing sweeter than that. That's cool. Yeah. So, but that's a pretty universal experience with all the students. Just seeing them grow, whether it's in talent or confidence, that's the best. Seeing them feel more secure in who they are as a person is like the best part of being a teacher. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, Casey, in in addition to uh, being a uh, dancer slash actor extraordinaire, um, you're also very... (laughs) You're also very passionate about um, your day-to-day life as a mental health professional. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Correct. So um, I'm a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Texas. Um, so my my um, background is in counseling and therapy. I currently work at a psychiatric hospital, um, and so mental health issues are... Very important to me, and I think, um, uh, just destigmatizing um, the need f- for for addressing mental health issues is is crucial. Um, I'm not sure, um, there needs to be any distinction between our physical and mental health. Um, human beings are, we are who we are because of our our mental and emotional states and um absolutely that should take um it we are deserving of of care in, in regards to our our mental health and our emotional well-being so um it's been interesting navigating the mental health world through the pandemic um, everyone, everyone has suffered everyone across the board to varying degrees and in varying ways, but I, I can say with, with quite conviction and confidence that everyone has been impacted, um, and some, some more significantly than others, but I just, I think it's important that anyone who is struggling in any way know that it's it's okay to seek help it's okay to seek services it is not a weakness it is not um indicative the thing that breaks my heart a lot of times is i so i speak with a lot of families of the prospective patients who might be needing services and they they I don't think they realize they're doing this. I don't think it's intentional or deliberate, but they, they feel the need to tell me how intelligent or smart or accomplished or sweet or just wonderful their loved one is. And I'm like, well, of, of course that it's um, having mental health problems, um, it's, it's not a reflection of <laughs> a lack of intelligence or, or but people
1: are so used to other people seeing it that way.
2: Yeah, Correct. And it just breaks my heart um, because they feel this, this strong compulsion to defend their loved one in these other capacities. I'm like, well, of course they can be smart and they can be accomplished and they can, you know, be wonderful people. It, it, um, mental health doesn't discriminate. They, you know, it doesn't right. discriminate. just know it's okay it's okay to ask for help We're, we're all works in progress amen to that
0: absolutely um and i'm i'm glad that um i mean i i know that i would always hear that from a mental health professional but you know it's like it's it's nice to hear that with some authority other than like <laughs> someone's meme that they posted on yes. Facebook. <laughs>
2: yeah. Are, yeah.
0: You know, it's in and you know it, it's having um, having something off with your mental and emotional health is just as debilitating and just as important to take care of as a broken leg.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: you know, a serious car accidents, which can result in both mental and physical issues. Yeah. You know, it, you Absolutely. know, there are things that happen some... all, all of our lives that, you know, yeah. produce this kind of carnage for lack of a better term.
1: When you have something people can't see, yeah. it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I struggle with, with my own mental health and medicated and Woo-hoo, Woo-hoo! proud of it.
0: Yeah, me too. Um
1: but I also have chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. and it's a chronic illness and people don't see it. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm like, I'm having a really bad day today, like my whole body hurts, I can't seem to keep my eyes open. They're like, well, then why didn't you just sleep more last night? It's like, I... yeah. but they don't think right. you're actually sick because they can't yeah. physically see it. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, that was very well put and very lovingly put, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay
0: um just uh abruptly moving on sorry um,
1: <laughs> no no do, do you have favorite
0: casey you have favorite roles that you've done in the past
1: oh so, yes okay.
2: um simply because i i i don't have a huge wealth of experience so um in terms of musicals i've been lucky enough to do cabaret twice and i oh, just wow. love being a kit kat girl um it's just there's nothing better in my opinion and then um in regards to straight plays um I got to do hand to god um a couple years back which there's a lot of similarity between hand to god and this show that dev and I are in right now god god of carnage um it's kind of a a dramedy of sorts that tackles some very big issues in in really interesting ways um kind of is a roller coaster of a show i got to play the mom marjorie um and that was incredibly rewarding and um one time I also, I got to, my, I think my, abs. I loved Marjorie, but one of my favorites, I got to do Gruesome Playground Injuries. It's a two person <gasps> oh, show. I don't know that one.
1: I love that it's show. It's like my
2: favorite. It just, it's just my favorite and it holds a very special place in my heart. And I got to play Kaleen. I'm Lane. so jealous. It it was very, very, very special.
1: Um, I bet you are incredible in that.
2: Oh, thank you. I just loved it. I just loved it. And I, I'm not very articulate because I feel like flooded with emotion right now. But no, it just, no,
1: it's a lovely <laughs> piece of theater. It's
2: beautiful. It's beautifully written, and I mm-hmm. think it's just heartbreaking in the best ways possible. And I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. I loved I, every second of it. So yeah.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's cool. And I've I've jotted mm-hmm. down both of those titles so I can read them at some points. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, dev favorite roles in the past. Um
1: I have a very actor answer, but then I have the real answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite role is always the next role. Oh <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. you gotta
2: say it. You've gotta say it. Otherwise yes. we, we take away your actor card. <laughs> yes.
1: What's um, your favorite but... thing?
0: Oh well, the thing that I'm doing now. <laughs>
1: um, yes. yes, yes, the next thing. Um <clears throat> I I feel kind of lame even saying this, but a show I did in high school, actually, oh. um, By the Bog of Cats by Marina Carr. It is a modern Irish retelling of Medea. Oh. And I got to play the role of Hester Swain, who is uh, the Medea in that show, and we get to all speak in an Irish accent, and it's just lovely. Um, I would love to Ambulance. get to play that again now that I'm, you know. More age appropriate. Um, oh, yeah. There are I've tons gotten, of gotten to talk. So I'd want to read yeah, this having more. Experience. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I, I didn't to interrupt. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> You're fine. I've gotten to tackle some really cool musical theater roles. I've been Marine and Rent, Janet and Rocky Horror, Vendela and Spring Awakening. um So much fun. And I didn't have to do a lot of dancing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, I think my favorite thing I've ever done professionally was Portia in Merchant of Venice.
2: Oh, wow. Fabulous.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: how fabulous. That's oh, cool. So much
1: fun. Yeah.
0: Do you have things on your bucket list?
1: Yeah, I would. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Patrona stepped on my mic cord. <laughs> uh... I would. To play King Lear. Okay. Um, I was introduced to King Lear by doing a gender bent version of it that uh, called Queen Lear. And I was Cordelia. Um, and then I think like most uh, classically trained actors, if I could tackle all the big like Shakespearean roles, male or female, like bring it on. Okay. I mean, my life would be complete. I'm obsessed with Shakespeare. Not as much as Sean. Uh, Kate Thompson no one is is. he's so knowledgeable he makes me feel like a peon Um, but (laughs) just absolutely uh, in in love with all the beautiful things Mm. you can do with it
0: I have not been in a whole lot of Shakespeare but the only thing I've found harder to do um, in my uh, smidgen of experience is Agatha Christie (laughs) Um, oh and um, that's honestly all I'll say about that I mean Shakespeare <laughs> Shakespeare can be complicated but when you've got verse that helps you a lot yeah um, it's
1: deceptively easy I feel like people are intimidated by it because they think that they should be yeah yes um, and there are a lot of Shakespeare elitist that yes. exist in this world right. yes but the people that get Shakespeare the most are like middle schoolers. (laughs) They get the potty jokes and they get, you know, they don't always get all the innuendo, (laughs) but you know, they get things that adults miss. And if you really take the time to like sit someone down and and make it fun, Mm -hmm. it's not that hard. It's really not. And it's like the easiest thing to memorize because it's like memorizing a song, a song.
0: Yeah. The verse really helps you. Uh, well, bucket-
2: Stageworks is doing Mousetrap this summer. Oh, good lord! Just Fii?
0: Good to know. <laughs> um, uh, bucket list, Casey. Do you have bucket list?
2: Oh, so this is embarrassing because, like, I don't like to. I don't know. Um, I would, I, I would sacrifice a great deal to be in any production of Chicago.
0: Oh,
1: wow. oh, yeah, sure.
2: Capacity. I, I, that is.
1: Mm that's not embarrassing. How that
2: embarrassing
1: um yeah you're a dancer of course uh, it's
2: just it's, it's just
1: yeah it'll happen i'm putting that into the universe for you I that's gonna that. happen yes
0: absolutely um i i did social media for a production of that that my wife did was you in. Yeah, oh, my how wife cool. was in chicago and conroe uh, that's awesome about five years ago now i think she was one of the murderesses i forget the name but mm-hmm. she's the one that um had the husband who ran into her knife, the knife? uh several <laughs> times so i love that that's that was awesome a, that was a fun show um it's like I, I have shows that i would love to be in but there are shows where i'd rather watch than be in
2: and absolutely
0: chicago's that for me i'm not a yeah. dancer at all but i really enjoy really enjoy watching it so
2: yeah
0: um do you guys have anything uh and i call everybody guys sorry oh um, no that's
1: that's, that's, that's do,
0: do, do you know what's next for you after god of carnage closes um well
1: i am currently teaching slash directing stage works as well so monday i start a seuss odyssey which is a dr seuss like telling of the odyssey cool and then um next month we start with the teenagers murder in the knife room which is clue but not really and it's super fun um and then yeah auditioning for whatever i can I just Mm -hmm. want to get back up there and, you know, shake off all the rest and get to play and have fun again. I've just missed getting to play with other adults. I've been around children for so long. I love them, but
2: (laughs) it's different. It's different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't have anything. I don't have anything planned. Um, I'm hoping to audition here soon and hopefully that will pan out. Um, I, I like to, to stay busy and, um, like to, to get more and more experience and just keep learning and growing. So I, I welcome any opportunity that, that might come my way. So we'll see.
0: That is the perfect answer to that and i sometimes wonder if i should remove this question because it's like oh what if they don't have anything coming up but um anyway just never uh, know
2: but i mean i'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping to but you you know you never know and and that's just the nature of the beast so um yeah we'll see we'll see hopefully hopefully soon okay
0: well um that's cool um this has been a fantastic conversation and i'm gonna go ahead and wrap that up now um thank you guys for see i call everybody you guys um thank you both for coming
1: everybody's y'all are dude in my book so
0: Thank you both for uh, joining us today. Devin Witten plays Veronica and Casey uh, rattle Nope, Casey Radel, sorry. (laughs) Casey Radel plays Annette in the Stageworks Theater production of God of Carnage, which runs weekends uh, February 11th through the 27th. Tickets are on sale right now at stageworkshouston.org. You've been listening to Strutting and Fretting, uh, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. Our theme music is by Ben Miller, uh, and we've been speaking to you via Zoom into uh, Studio E42, which um, looks an awful lot like my very cluttered study, Um, (laughs) at least today. Sometimes it looks like a spare room, but anyway, Studio uh, E42, I swear it's legit. and I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the cheap seats.
2: How did this happen? You have to believe me, Beast would never do anything to endanger Fabletown.
0: I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf.
1: We may have a problem.
0: Protecting Fabletown was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands. Things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad. But right now, Fable Town could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fable Town. For more information, go to fabletownseries.com.